0: welcome back ladies and gentlemen to pj's black circle we are back in action we're back in black we're back in the saddle we're gonna get back to where we once belong nino and wes are back all right it's all about just reuniting i know the people listening won't know but we haven't gotten together in a long time so we are very pumped to get back together. It's good to see you, my fine feathered friend. How are you doing? Good, good, Nino. How are you? I am. I'm jacked. I'm all yeah. jacked up on Mountain Dew, bro. Ready to roll. Um,
1: and yeah, the the dog days of summer are here, so it's it's hot. Been like again. it was told you earlier, like having some withdrawals. I want to get a podcast in. Let's let's yeah see. Let's see where this takes us. And yes. Ooh, man, we got some things happen at our house. We have got a little puppy. I didn't tell you this. What? We got a little yeah, man, we got a little puppy. So Noisemaker. Yeah. So not too bad. <laughs> She's really young. She's really young. Uh, but it's like this topic today kind of reminded me. I was like, I want to probably share this because like it's 40 days and 40 nights, and it's still coming down on me. Like, that's how it feels. Yes. <laughs> two, two young kids and now a little puppy. So
0: it's yeah
1: long nights i should say yes yeah so well
0: as uh you know chris cornell would say in seasons you know summer nights and long warm days brother Mm -hmm. you know and so you got you got a little bit of best of the both worlds going on
1: yeah but it's a fun time man it's a fun time to be alive and good to see you and good to talk to the listeners again and it'd be a fun episode today amen to that you want to
0: you want to let let the uh the masses know what we're trying to uh, bring to the table today?
1: So yeah, we. I won't, after our spotlight on Ed, I yes. downloaded the, the water on the road, and it's got a lot of the End of the Wild stuff in there. Isn't it thought, awesome, dude? It's so awesome. It's so awesome. And it kind of made me want to take a hard look at Ed and the End of the Wild music, and then yes. also... Kind of the overall Pearl Jam in movies, you know, they have a lot of cameos and a lot of different songs that are instrumental in the movies in some big blockbuster films. So, right. but I thought it'd be interesting to talk a, a bit more about Hollywood and and where some folks that they are they're friends with and and some movies that they're in. Right?
0: Yeah, trippy. Um, doing this little project, uh, you know, opening the door and kind of trying to figure out where Pearl Jam falls in on the silver screen in cinema on the small screen. I kept actually finding more things than I anticipated. You know, we were just kind of thinking, Hey, we'll do a little spotlight on in into the wild just cause you know, it was, that's a, that's a pretty big one. Yeah. Right? It's a big one. Right. I mean, Eddie does the whole soundtrack. There's no one else on that soundtrack, but him. Right. Yeah. And so I, um, so I was spinning that record last night.
1: Me too, man. And Me too. it was
0: kind of trippy that, you know, the whole thing's only 33 minutes long. So when I'm, uh, you know, I start the first song and setting forth starts and, you know, the song starts, I'm like, oh, I love this song. I know. And then it's over in like 90 <laughs> seconds, you know, it's right. like a, a minute 32 or a minute 37 on the song. And uh, I'm like, wow, I just I guess I forgot how compact the whole soundtrack is, I mean, there's definitely some songs that really stick out to me, you know, that I would give kind of like four or five stars. I would say, um, rise is in my top three where, you know, that one's pretty cool song and it's just only the ukulele. So Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I think I've kind of, you know, said this in the past is when I heard Eddie first, playing the ukulele I was like not expecting that at all right song starts I hear the Hawaiian uke and I'm just like is there anything else going to happen is there any drums is there any guitar is there at least a tambourine or a harmonica or whatever and so I was very surprised at how adept he was to not only pick up and learn the Yuke i'm sure he's in hawaii at least two three four times a year hitting the waves but i was just so surprised because the only time i ever really listen to hawaiian music is if i ever go to hawaii which is two times in my whole life and it's it's very awesome to be there in the element and experience that but i never would have anticipated that one of my favorite rock stars of all time is is playing the uke, right? And he does that right. in song Guaranteed. You know, yes. that's the longest song, right? No, uh, that,
1: of- that's not a ukulele. He's playing a regular acoustic guitar on that. Are you sure? I'm positive. Are you I'm sure? Positive. 100% positive. It's yeah, super he- yucky, though. It's not. Guaranteed's not. Listen to it again. Maybe it's just the beginning of the song. Yeah setting forth could even be just a ukulele too yeah but it sounds great the whole album sounds fantastic it all sounds very similar but guaranteed i think won some actual won some awards for um best song or on a soundtrack so it's a it's a really killer song man
0: it's and it's weird like with that Huge pause break in the middle of the song, mm-hmm. like the track is listed at you know seven 11 minutes. minutes, yeah, it's yeah. Long. Some you know, but you play the first you know three four minutes, and then the song kind of stops, and you're like, okay, the song's over, but the record's still spinning, and then he kind of comes back into it at the end. Right. So that was kind of trippy.
1: So do you think? Do you think? And in so, Into the Wild came out two thousand seven. Right. Do you think that was kind of a big – because you mentioned his ukulele, which I think that was what Soon Forget would have been kind of the first time you heard that on Binaural. Yeah. I'm guessing guessing that's where your brain was at there. Yeah, yeah. So you start to see more like the ukulele songs that he released, uh, that album, and you start to see some of the other – like the the first encore that he comes out is typically just – sometimes just Ed – so I wonder if this kind of pushed him out of his, kind of out of his element, and maybe started have him thinking more in a solo ed. Because I don't know if he's done it before, just kind of on a solo kind of gig before, until uh, before Into the Wild.
0: Right, and I do remember around that time, you know, I was pretty lucky to see two back to back solo. Eddie Vedder shows at the Paramount and they were one night after another. And I went into those shows thinking like, wow, what's this going to be? Are you know, are the boys going to come out at the end? Is he going to bring any special guests? Like what's going to happen? And it was just Eddie solo on stage. And, you know, he had his monitor up there. He had, um, He had an electric guitar, an acoustic guitar, the ukulele, and you know he would start off. He started off with "Can't Keep," right? And he would. So he did play a Pearl Jam song. He would play. He played quite a few Pearl Jam songs. Definitely, he played a lot of crowd pleasers, and he dove into the Into the Wild action. Um, He ended the show with uh, "Hard Sun," which was cool and that was a cool it's funny that that song would be the climax of the show cuz that's when he actually brought out a drummer
1: mm-hmm. and
0: some other people and i just remember he put on this white lab coat i don't know why it was just kind of funny it had like little smoke on stage and the wind was blowing and that was kind of the rocking song mm-hmm. so it's kind of trippy that hard sun hard sun would be the rockingest quote-unquote song of his solo shows. I think that's what's really fun about these stripped-down acoustic shows. Some, you know, you kind of go in with this preconceived notion of, I know what Pearl Jam sounds like, and Foo Fighters did this on a whole tour where they they just did a whole acoustic show, and I was like, I don't know. I You know, I should have went to that, because you would get a whole different aspect and a whole different feel. But me back in the day, I just wanted to headbang and like thrash my somewhat long hair around. I was like, I just want to just kick it. And
1: when you uh, go see a Foo Fighters show, you're really probably not looking for that, but I'm sure it was a pleasant surprise. I'm sure it
0: was. And so that's what was cool with Ed. And that's what's cool about the film into the wild. Specifically about the film, I haven't really watched that movie, but maybe more than two, three times. It's it's such a good movie and it's a very emotional movie. And I know you've loved that aspect of just cutting society off, severing ties, going back to nature and how ballsy that is for someone to actually do that. And I do see some like YouTube videos of like for randomly two weeks ago, my wife's watching this video and it's this guy who lives in Moab out in Canyonlands. And he's just cut. He's like, as soon as I decided to cut off all money, he finds these other ways to live. And like, I can respect that. I just don't think I could do it. I just, I'm like, I just really love toilet paper and I really love, you know, going to grab a beer at the store. And I really love listening to my music on the radio. And so, you know, for me, that
1: would be a tough, that would be a tough poll. Just a few comments. And like you said, I've always been drawn to this movie. And of course, when I saw that Ed was doing the soundtrack, it was more like, okay, I really have to get into this movie. Or at least give it a shot, and I think the cast is great. I think Uh, and Sean Penn directed it, so I thought it was going to be a good movie. And of course, the first time I saw it, I was in Washington State, and I was in—I lived in um, just like South uh, South Olympia area. And I remember I watched it uh, one night, and then the next day I drove up to Mount Rainier, Mm. and it was so like. Therapeutic, and almost I had some really like reflective, like thoughts when I was driving through this like mountain and getting into the the depth of like nature. I was like, what the hell, man? Like, (laughs) yeah, like like, Alexander (laughs) Supertramp, you're like my idol, man. And like, all I was doing is like, I graduated from college, moved out to Washington, and completely was trying to be like in the actual, like, be in the man, like. Be a right. part of it, like make money, you know, you know grow and, and, and buy a house or whatever. But then every single time I see it, and I have to really limit my times I watch this movie, you know, because it yeah. does mess with my brain. Because if I watch it, even I haven't even watched it probably in, in five, 10 years, because if I watch it. I will it, will it will make me like seriously challenge what I'm doing in my right. life. It does. It does. <laughs> and so, that's
0: maybe the underlying reason why I don't watch it so much yeah. is like uh cuz there's so many aspects that are just so on point and you're know, like, "Do I is this really the way to live the way we're living right now?" So it it's and that's what's cool I think why Eddie is the perfect person for this is because through a lot of his music Obviously, he deals with a lot of pain and anger and strife on one end, you know, and then he's got his happy side on the other. But, you know, how many times have we commented before where there's lyrics that make us just like, yeah, man, look, Garden, yeah, Garden,
1: you even hit it. And I I thought of this as soon as I was thinking about this episode, I was like, hell, Nino called it, man. Cannot understand what he said, something about modern needs. Like he's he was there in 1991, 92. He's like, I'm already there he could Chippy, have been Chris, right. He could have been Chris McCandless. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought, uh, I think his name is Emil Hirsch, the actor yeah, that played right. that. And he did a fantastic job. He just kind of came out of nowhere. And then, you know, the next year he did the movie speed racer, which was awesome. And he was a totally different guy. And then I'm like, Oh, that's the into the wild guy. And so anyway, I've, I've, I've liked his acting. He does really good job with, um, you know, the performances he does, but having Sean Penn kind of direct, the, it's well known they're buds, right? Ed and Sean, you know, they're, they're buddies.
1: Dude, Eddie's, and, Eddie is buddies with a ton of dudes in, in Hollywood. I think a everybody just wants to be, buddies I think with everybody him. <laughs> wants to, this is what yeah. I wanted to say. I think <laughs> as I was looking through some stuff, I was like, I think everybody just wants to be friends with Ed. Like, that's what it is. Like, Ed Norton or like Bradley Cooper, all these cats are like coming to Eddie just to yeah. be friends. I think. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, it's just, you know, you got a down to earth dude. Yeah. That's not pretentious or any of that. And just wants to be himself. Right. Which right. is cool. But I never really expected, you know, after watching, Uh, a lot of Sean Penn's earlier movies that he would really get into directing. Now, I I really did like Sean Penn as an actor. You know, a lot of it with this whole, I think, kind of Eddie, Sean thing started with the movie Dead Man Walking, which came out in 95. That's another movie I can Mm -hmm. only watch very sparingly because, you know, Sean Penn plays this inmate who he's basically scheduled to have his life be terminated. And he's trying to go through his last vestiges of going through the court system to see if he can get out of being executed. This, when I was doing some research, I hadn't really gone back to this movie in a long time. And I certainly hadn't really gone back to the soundtrack, which is super strong. I mean, you got Bruce Springsteen on there Eddie's on there. You've is, got... it, is that
1: is Eddie? Ha- is that Dead Man? That he did he make Dead Man for that one?
0: No, Bruce did that first. Right. Is that a
1: cover? Okay.
0: So when Eddie did Dead Man, a couple years ago or whenever he was kind of doing that, you know, Bruce Springsteen did that song first back in the day. Got it. Now what's interesting about the Dead Man Walking soundtrack is that 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 soundtrack had gone under the radar for me for whatever reason for a super long time they have they do this really cool cover and remix of long road so this movie and the soundtrack went under the radar for like super long time for me and there's this really cool remix of the song long road which makes sense that you would kind of have the title or the song long road yeah. in this movie, dead man walking because he's walking the long road to the execution chamber. Right now I have no, I, I know less than nothing about music that comes out of Pakistan and India. Okay. 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 All right. And so I'm sure where you're going with this, but okay. So yeah. he, Eddie does this remix with this super famous Pakistani singer called Nusrat uh, Fatin Al Khan. Knew nothing about this person. Okay. seems like I should have because the LA Times ranked this gentleman as one of the top four singers of all time ever. Wow. And I'm just like, holy crap. Who is this guy? So, I can't sing like him, right? It's a very traditional Indian, East Mm -hmm. Indian way of singing. And the best way I can describe it, uh, you know, on like any type of like an American level, I guess to say, I don't even know if that's, I mean, I've,
1: I've, yeah, I mean, I've heard, I understand what you're saying. It's
0: all vocal, but it's just kind of like cool, just very different pentatonic singing with, um, it's almost like a, B-boxing, kind of like an Indian style, and you go from really high to real low. So this gentleman, they would call him the Pakistani Elvis. He was that famous, okay? He was, this gentleman, uh, Mr. Ali Khan, was very much known for these long, sustained, being able to do these very long concerts. And you can imagine everyone sitting on the pillows, right? On the Mm -hmm. rugs, sitar, hand drums all that stuff going on and it was so cool this remix right and so I'm like wow that is just a way different way to kind of shift this song around even though I don't know even if this gentleman is actually saying words you know, okay. or if it's just a combination of melodic sounds that he's doing where he can go really high and really low. But he's super fast, like the way he can sing is like, and he's like super quick with it. I was blown away. Uh, so now I'm going to kind of research him a little more. He's kind of okay. my new guilty pleasure right now. Check this out. All right. They did this other song called The Face of Love which I had never heard of before. Nope. And this is Eddie also singing with this gentleman. And so you've got a new song I've never heard Eddie do. And then you've got an old song that's a Pearl Jam remix song. So then I wanted to kind of see what was going on on the Utah YouTube action uh, to see if there was any videos of this. So I did some research. Now, the person he was singing with before the movie and the soundtrack finished had passed away. So his nephew came in who basically has the almost the exact same name as Newsrat. He has the, there's these two videos that I highly recommend you watching. And Eddie's, you know, they're they're doing this concert. Eddie's on the pillow, right? This is probably 95, 96. Okay. Right? All right. Uh Jeff's back Behind them with a stand up bass, which was cool. They got another guitar player. And I, I, so, anyway, this was kind of this one thing that really stood out to me. And so now I kind of want to go revisit the movie and see how these songs are placed. And I, I just didn't, I wasn't expecting to be kind of turned on by this very different style of music. But of course, Eddie's there. And it's just another testament to how he can diverge and go down so many different pathways and be successful and make it sound completely amazing. So check that one out. Okay.
1: Which is cool. So there's your,
0: it's a long story, but there you got your Sean Penn kind of beginning action, right? All right. And, you know, they've since done a lot of things and I'm super anxious for, um, so Sean Penn's new movie just came out at the film festival this past week. It's called flag day and Eddie's got a brand new song called there. There is a girl on there. And apparently does another song with his daughter, Olivia. So they do a father daughter oh, cool. thing. Yes. So yeah. I can't find anything on that. I don't know what it sounds like, but this just happened this past week. And so they've had this connection for a super long time, which, you know, we, Super cool. We we get to reap all the yeah, benefits right, of all that, right. you know?
1: Do you know, uh, back to the Into the Wild, <clears throat> you mentioned like Hard Sun and Guaranteed, Rise, Far Behind. All of these are just killer songs. Do you know if Ed gets writing credits for all these or if some of these were written by other, other people?
0: My gut and my heart are telling me it's just, that's all. It's all Ed. from, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's gotta be I mean I there's nothing I saw to the contrary that would lend me to believe that someone else would be writing the music for him Mm -hmm. and maybe during the creative process he might be there with Sean and you know at the table and kind of you know I want to kind of maybe have some of this implemented in there a little bit which would be really cool and just it's got to be fun to write for a movie it's got to be nerve-wracking a little bit yeah no
1: kidding right so I think the way I understood it is he saw, or he probably read the book. As I know, Chris McCannless kind of was was inspired by Jack London's um, Call of the Wild, so that was his inspiration. You know, how does that even happen? Like, you know, more about movies than me, but like, does when Sean is like, "Hey, Eddie, I want you to do this. Like, here's the script. Like, write music to this," or "Hey, he'll, here's the film with no sound or no, you know, no background soundtrack." write music to this. Like, do you know the flow of this? So,
0: I mean, I Sorry can Sorry to be on the spot, but... No, wait, no wait. spots, yeah. Okay. I can only imagine the scenario. What I envision is a very off-the-cuff type thing. Now, another quick side story. I'm in Vegas with the wife, with the in-laws. We're going to the Beatles' love show, which is kind of the musical. I think they do that one at Caesars. So we're in this awesome show and my sister-in-law, she's, she, she goes to the take a side break, restroom, refresh the beverage, whatever. She comes back. She's freaking out. She's like, you'll never believe who just walked outside where I was and walked right past me. I was like, just tell me what's going on. Cause you're tripping me out. <laughs> and she's like, it was Eddie Vedder and Sean Penn just no. walked right by me. I was like, did you hug them? Did you grab them? Did you like kiss their feet? Like what the hell, you know? And right. she's like, no, but, th-. and so I just left. I went to try and go find them out in the <laughs> some, casino somewhere. Some
1: remnants, some smell so, or something. Right. Yeah. So here's the deal.
0: Up. These guys go, you know, they're at the same Beatles love show that I'm at. I don't see them. I go out, I'm looking for them, but that's kind of I, my feel of the background. two dudes, in Vegas, doing their thing, cruising around town, having a good time, talking about whatever the fuck they want to talk about. It's kind of like how we would roll just right. on, a, I'm sure, a completely different level. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of where my feel is. I think, you know, you're you're just one person away from these connections and doing uh, certain projects and certain things. Yeah. It's just, you know, I don't think you have to go too far outside personal circle because you'll you'll get a connection yeah. from one person to the next and just kind of roll yeah. that way
1: speaking of connections real quick it's so cool how eddie is like you said so connected with some of these other hollywood folks just doing some you know, i've seen some of these films of course the movie a star is born you've, you've seen that one with bradley cooper oh what's the woman's name that's super famous i can't think of it lady lady Gaga. <laughs> thank you yeah So I was watching, I was just watching on YouTube some stuff and I guess Ed was on with um, Howard Stern and he was talking about just his, his life and things. And he was, he said, yeah, oh, I heard Ed that you kind of helped Bradley Cooper with his, um, Mm -hmm. with his kind of cinematography of, of this movie. He's like, yeah, no, we hung out for like two full days and we've seen two full weeks mm-hmm. and it's just so cool like because when i saw that movie i was like i told my wife "It's like bradley cooper's trying to look like eddie Vedder up there i mean maybe you it's think? just me <laughs> it's totally coming off like okay dude like i i i'm seeing you and i'm like this he's trying to look like eddie up there but it's that like would it. make sense It's his muse, right? Yeah, it is. It's his
0: muse. No, I haven't seen it. I'm waiting for that guilty. It's really pretty good, actually. I I I know it is, and I know it will be awesome. So I'm I'm saving that for my own personal special.
1: So you have yeah. So you have that one, and then of course he has some cameos in like Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, where he's kind of a little fun little cameo there. Okay. You have a funny story about this one? No, but
0: the first. Like, I've only seen that movie once or twice, but I shot up out of my
1: couch when <laughs> during the scene where Eddie comes on stage,
0: I'm like, holy crap,
1: dude, this movie who- just got so much better. It, it was very good. And now it's OK. Yeah. It's
0: it's funny. And I really should watch it again because uh, John C. Riley is just so freaking hilarious all the time. Plus, you got a, another can't, you know, I think Jack White is in there um as well and so you've got a lot of different people but yeah when i saw eddie come out and do the, i was just like holy crap and he was just very smooth yeah very I smooth yeah, yeah. I, it didn't look choppy to me at all um you know he had a little maybe one minute scene right but he's done you know a couple different little cameos which the other two i need to check out Apparently he was in an episode of Portlandia.
1: Yes, I was gonna I it was on my list. I was going to bring so it up. So yeah. you got
0: you got that. And I think so he great. was in an episode when they uh, of Twin Peaks, when they started doing kind of the second round of that story that, you know, when they kind of filmed all that and did that within the past five years. Um. So, of course, in Walk Hard, you know, there's no soundtrack. He doesn't really do. Uh, a song for that. He doesn't really do anything for Portlandia, but he's just does, cool that he's in it. It's just cool that he's in it. But he did yeah. write his own song for Twin Peaks called Out of Sand. And it's very good. It's another acoustic jam. And I, and so I've been seeing this pattern. I'm seeing this pattern. Anytime Eddie is doing. S- Music for soundtracks where it's his music, his writing more oftentimes than not, unless I'm 100% mistaken, it's all acoustic. i never there's no back. Right. There's no band backing him. There's no hard rock. There's right. no electric guitar. And so that out of sand is a very good song. It's uh, it. I could see how that would be in this kind of Twin Peaks kind of ethos of this storytelling and so what what is kind of fun and now what I'm wanting to do is that I'm starting to I want to start to go back and see where these directors are placing Pearl Jam Eddie Vedder music in the movies and how does it add to the story Um, how does it enhance the scene things like that and so you'll have a lot of songs that are Pearl Jam songs that are, that have been placed in movies. Oh, for sure. You'll that catch will him. enhance.
1: And you'll, you'll catch them in moment. like, and you'll catch a lot of Pearl Jam songs. Uh, mainly, Yellow Ledbetter comes up quite a bit in like TV series, like Friends, or I think even Seinfeld. I think Yo Ledbetter had a, a quick uh, episode, but yeah, constantly you'll see him. You'll see, you'll hear Pearl Jam songs in, in different films. It's really cool. And different uh, yeah. TV shows. But yeah, back to really quick. Back to the Portlandia thing. I thought it was oh super yeah, funny. no. So Put it on it, <laughs> just super funny because that episode. Um, I do like Portlandia, and I love the intro to Portlandia. So you have Carrie Brownstein, who is from Se- Sleater Kinney, right? Okay, you do know that, right? I'm assuming I you haven't.
0: That. I haven't seen uh, Portlandia. I just oh. know that you've got Fred Ar- Armish. Armi-
1: armisteen i think armisteen yeah. who's totally funny he's right? totally funny yeah. and
0: it's kind of funny that i live in seattle but i've never seen the portlandia show I, I just need to so
1: get into it so carrie brownstein is is like the counterpart to fred they're okay and it's a super funny show it's about eight seasons but uh this specific one i think was in season one or two but funny story about carrie she was the bass guitarist for Sleeter kenny gotcha Okay. And I never never knew who Sleater Kenny was. So growing up, what? hold on. No, growing up, funny, <laughs> funny story. I would always listen to some bootlegs or they'd have the, um, and they'd say, well, thank you to Sleater kinney for opening for us today. Or this is maybe the, the Mansfield, Massachusetts show, 2003. Yep. yeah. I was like, oh, you know, what a, you know, what a, who is Sleater Sleater-Kinney? And then, and then when I moved to Washington, I was cruising through like yeah. the Olympia area. I was like, holy shit, there's yep. a, Uh, off-ramp that says Sleater-Kinney and I was like no way that's so cool and turns out you know my life progressed and then I actually live like a golf shot from Sleater-Kinney so I thought it was kind of interesting
0: it is fun I remember the first time I saw that sign I was like wait is that the band
1: right
0: no it's a street it's a place so it's kind of cool yeah you know And that's what's kind of fun about, you know, quick side note, uh, kind of on the Northwest end of things is that you'll see a lot of the Northwest bands place locations as far as like physical geographic locations and the names of those either in bands or in songs or in titles of records. Because when I was driving out to the coast last week, I went past this kind of area and it was called the Wishkaw and you know it's this kind of like little tributary that runs out by Aberdeen and I'm like yeah. oh that's where the muddy banks of Wishkah comes from which is the live album that Nirvana did yeah uh back in the day so it's kind of cool you get a, you get quite a bit of that happening in the
1: area yeah no you do and just a side note on Aberdeen cuz I've spent some time in in that county Grace Harbor uh we're getting way off track here but That's fine. That's how we do it, bro. The sign of Aberdeen. I I knew some friends that grew up in Aberdeen right around the time that Kurt lived there. And, you know, as you come into town, it says Aberdeen. It says, come as you are. Yep. And of course, you know, the come as you are song. And I asked, my, I said, hey, you know, is this, was this there before or was that pre or post come as you are Nirvana? He said, that's post. So they put that up after. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's still pretty sweet. It's cool. Yeah. You
0: know, and the same thing, you know, Alice Chains last album was called Rainier Fog. So you got that after Mount Rainier, Rainier Brewery, wherever you right. want to say. So it's, it. you know, the Pacific Northwest is very common for that type of, of feel for sure. Yeah. You know, which is great. But I'll check Portlandy out. So, yeah, the cameos have been cool now. So we've talked a little bit about Eddie doing his own music for musical scores. One of my favorite ones of all time is man of the hour. Love, love, love that song. Love uh, that song comes from the movie big fish, which is right. a Tim Burton movie, which is uh, pretty fantastic. And it's well known, you know, you, it, when the movie came out, it was very well known at the time that, um, you know, the boys and PJ, they, they watched the movie, We're drawn to it. Obviously, you've got the whole father son aspect. Again, you have this kind of theme that's constantly coming up with this band. Very strong movie. Uh, Love the movie. The last 20 minutes is just a complete
1: tearjerker. Yeah, spoiler alert. It's really it's really like this larger than life guy. Like it's cool, man. And it's so good. That song is so powerful boy yeah nothing really outside of i just they hit the home run on man of the hour like yeah. that song is killer for that that movie it is very, absolutely great very cool and so you know
0: it's kind of fun you've got all these very different directors that you know eddie and the boys have worked tim burton david lynch sean penn and then of course you've got um you know, movies where the directors have just chosen already preset songs from Pearl Jam to just kind of enhance, mm-hmm. you know, the feel of the movie. So I just kind of want to talk about that a little bit. Like you said, Yellow Ledbetter, that was in Friends. That was also in a movie called 5050, uh, which is, uh, I think that's Seth Rogen. Oh, and yeah. And um, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Joseph Gordon Levitt, yeah. And yeah. I think Joseph Gordon Levitt's kind of like a pancer- cancer patient, right? Mm-hmm. And he's going through uh, chemo and things like that. And so you got Yellow better for that. You've got Long Road Again, which the same version of Long Road that they used in Dead Man Walking with Mr. Ali Khan was actually used in the movie Eat, Pray, Love.
1: Yes. Which I haven't seen that movie. I haven't. Maybe either.
0: I'll have to watch. You know, it's got Julia Roberts in it, so... It's got to be a winner. I mean, but she's I amazing.
1: Think, I, I think he e love also has like harvest moon has some real young in there. So it's got that that vibe. So yeah. I agree. I have never seen that one, but it's um, it's cool that that pro jam represented there. So you got that one. You've got uh, your
0: favorite jam uh, release is in this movie that I really need to watch. Cause there's a ton of stout star power in it. Um, it's called out of the furnace. So it's a Ridley Scott movie and it looks damn good to watch, but you've got Christian Bale's in there. Woody Harrelson's in there. You've got a ton of different stars. Like also Leonardo DiCaprio was um, also directing this movie. It looks pretty crazy. It's kind of like a crime drama type movie. And I don't know where the hell I've been and not noticed this movie before. So I'm really interested to see how, this type of movie that's gonna be pretty intense uses the song release in it. Mm. Um so I do want to kind of check that one out because that looks uh pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that there's a Pearl Jam song on the basketball diaries with Leo. You mentioned Leo. Oh I love you, Leo. And that Leo. movie that movie is super depressing. So I don't know if it, is. Seen it totally diaries. is <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. That was that- yeah. That would that put Leo on the map, dude. I mean, I remember watching that. I was just like, holy Hannah. And then he came out, I think, right after that. And he was doing. um,
1: What's a what Gilbert Ham- Grape? Well, that. What? Yeah. But
0: he was it. Hamlet is what he did. The
1: remake. Uh, Romeo and Juliet.
0: Oh, Romeo and Juliet. That movie's yeah. badass, dude. Yeah, that one is good. That is that a good remake. A- that one was really good. So anyway, you've got a lot of these movies. Well, the, and
1: Then you also got... You also have... Of course, we didn't touch about singles, but we've talked about singles before, right? Oh, so, wait. Uh, don't go, go there get, yet. Okay. Don't go All there right. yet. That's okay. a, whole, that's a yeah.
0: whole thing for me, I'm saying sure. towards I'm the Sure. I'm sure you... Were,
1: I figured you were. But, <laughs> and then you have the Adam Sandler movie, The Love Rain Over Me uh, jam, which is probably on your list to talk about later too. But Absolutely.
0: I mean... When you have the Love, Rain, or Over Me movie. Okay, so let me start this. You got Rain Over Me, which is the movie with Adam Sandler. Mm -hmm. You've got Eddie and the boys doing the cover of The Who's Rain or Me, which I personally love tremendously. When that first came out, I could not get enough. I was like, that is such... I don't know how Eddie growls, I don't know how he hits the notes that he's hitting in there. It's just oh, it's the bollocks, dude. It's so great. It's the bollocks. <laughs> it's so <laughs> amazing. That's well so yeah, funny. I mean we're talking the who, dude. So, right, you know, we're going right, yeah. Right. Okay. We're going for uh, Mother England, you know. And so there is this little uh chunk of what Eddie's done doing covers for cinema. So you've got the rain over me in the movie. I am Sam, which is another Sean Penn. Sean Penn.
1: Yeah, that was good.
0: He does the Beatles cover. Hide your love away, which he's done a ton of times live. He's so great. So great at that one. So amazing. And then he does this another Beatles cover. He does magical mystery tour for some cartoon called Beat Bugs. Beat Bugs. And I don't know what it is, but I'm like, it's a cartoon and it's got Eddie doing the Magical Mystery Tour song. So not only do you have Pearl Jam music that has been chosen for cinema, you also have Eddie writing uh, unique scores for soundtracks, right, for Directors that have wanted him to come in and add to it. Then you've got him doing covers for movies, mm-hmm. which is a whole nother like, is there anything the dude can't do? Right. right. That's kind of where I'm going with this. Right? Okay. So then, as you said, comes back to the very beginning. You can't okay. get to the end.
1: That's true. Yeah.
0: Without saying at the beginning. So Cameron Crow. That's right. Couple Cameron Crow things going on, right? You've got a little beginning of mm-hmm. Pearl Jam and you've got a little end, and Cameron Crow is in the middle. So singles.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Love it. Some people love it. Some people hate it. I love it, love it, love it. I love everything about it. I love the movie. The soundtrack is amazing. It's like every single band I ever listened to at the time is like in that soundtrack. And then the re-release of that single soundtrack, you know, had so many more awesome gems that came on. It was like a whole nother 18 songs came out,
1: you know, and Nirvana, Nirvana wasn't present in that. No, were they?
0: Oh, no. Well,
1: you know, it's Kurt. Nev- he didn't like Kurt, the band, dude. He didn't. He I what Do you think I'm assuming I have to assume Cameron Crowe talked with Kurt or at least tried to. Oh, I'm sure that was way too mainstream
0: for Kurt Cobain to do and do a movie and be on a soundtrack and be that exposed. Sure. Right?
1: That, so, that vulnerable. Yeah. Not and really up his alley. So funny thing, before you get into your analysis of singles and talk more about that, my, I owned the movie Singles. And I first moved out to Washington and I would watch the, I would watch it just kind of all the time. Just I was I didn't really know a lot of people yet. I was still discovering Sure. Our friends etc and then i met my wife at the time or now my girlfriend then my wife now and we watched singles on like one of our first few dates and she's like are you serious i don't even heard of this <laughs> 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 so yeah my yeah. little little uh dirty laundry i nearly and i will i bought then shortly after that i it was christmas time so i bought her the greatest hits of Pearl jam just to kind of Say okay, are you in or out? Like this is a prerequisite here. So you didn't really like singles. That's strike one. But she made the cut. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully she doesn't listen Uh, to this one. You know
0: she will be. (laughs) You know it's all out of love, girl. It's all it is. It's love now.
1: (laughs) But uh, it's so it was. It's such a great movie because like me being not from Seattle and like kind of having this like undeniable like draw to the Northwest and Seattle and. Like I've told you this in the very beginning of our, of our podcast, like I would have done nothing more. I would have done anything to live in 1990 in Seattle, Washington. Like that would have mm-hmm. been nothing better than that experience. Exactly what Cameron Crowe is talking about. And um, yeah, and then you have so, but to have the cameo of of a young Eddie and a young Stone and a young Jeff just in the little coffee shop. Talking yeah. about Citizen Dick. Like, how cool is that, man? Yeah. And it's how so cool. trippy because I think they, I must f- have, they must have known these guys were pretty like these guys have it like they wouldn't have put them in this movie if they were just a one hit kind of one one flash out type band personally. but Well, the movie, you know, is,
0: came out in 92. And so this when the movie came out, I didn't initially, you know, I never saw it at the theater. Right. So. I had heard Pearl Jam 10 far before I ever saw the movie. Mm -hmm. So when Mm -hmm. I saw the movie, it was really kind of my first exposure to visually seeing what the people look like behind the music that I was loving so much. Because really at the time there was MTV, but there was really there was no Pearl Jam videos until Jeremy came out. They didn't really do a lot of media. There was no YouTube. There was no internet. There was none of that shit, right? So it's mm-hmm. just like you—you kind of maybe knew a little bit of what they look like from, you know, sure. the album cover. Yeah, but, you know, that was my first time actually seeing Eddie and seeing how he talks, mm-hmm. and just some nuances of just kind of who these guys are. And I just remember them like. Oh, they're kind of crazy looking, dude. Especially like (laughs) Jeff with his crazy hat and Stone and And uh just they it was kind of fun for me because it wasn't anything of what I expected. Sure. So then you've got, you know, when I first watched the movie when Chris Cornell has that cool cameo and he comes out and it's uh Matt Dillon, he you know, installs the huge radio in the Bridget Fonda's car and he blows the windows out and he blows the speakers. I had no clue who that was all dressed in black with long black hair and the mustache because I wasn't old enough to be in the scene and like actually go downtown and go to the off ramp and go to the clubs and like see Alice in Chains and see Soundgarden play. So, yeah, if it was a little bit later, man, that would have been a sweet Mm -hmm. time to just see the inception of all that happen. I think for me, the movie would not even close to be the same movie without the music. Yeah, yeah. Right? For sure. That movie's all about the music. So if you just stripped it out of there, I probably wouldn't love the movie half as much as I love it. Now, you know
1: what I mean? I for I, I do. I do. The movie adds some um, connection because you you can you love this music, so you yeah. You're able to t- to enjoy the movie more because oh Yes, I gotta hear Allison I gotta watch Allison Chains play in this Yeah. In this movie. That's yeah. For sure. Yeah. And, and it rocks, dude. And so I can listen to that soundtrack front to back
0: anytime. I love it. It's definitely I think still the highlight and the best part of Pearl Jam in cinema, aside from Into the Wild, which is just a, a huge accomplishment. So I just really thought it was like the perfect you know, time capsule for Cam and Crow to have the perfect place to be and how lucky we were that Cam and Crow actually moved to Seattle at the time he did and got into that community because he was married to one of the Hart sisters from the band Hart right. forever. Mm-hmm. Of course, he had to marry the one that I liked the most, you know, the the the, the lead guitar kicking like <laughs> David Lee Roth. Slaying like Jimmy Page, right? So that was pretty cool. And he was able to get into that scene and kind of dig in. Then fast forward 20 years. Right. You got PJ 20. You can't talk about PJ and cinema because this is a Cameron Crowe film. It looks like a documentary, but it's I call it a film. It is definitely a cinematic film, right? So I know you love you some. PJ, Yeah,
1: so I, I don't really want to talk about it right now, to be honest, because we have to save that one. But PJ20, oh. man, PJ20 yeah. was such a great way for me to uncover more. Because again, like you said, there's there's always things like videos you can find or any sort of articles you can read about the band mm-hmm. in, the, in the past. But it really was a great way to see some of the early challenges that they had. it was the Ticketmaster thing or ed you know maybe trying to recapture his like not really wanted to be this super mega band you know that was one of the key right. things yeah mike's talking about you know hey mm-hmm. ed wants to go and just drive a van around the country and tour these small little sh- shows but we're taking private jets like that's not who we are anymore ed like i'm sorry man we were never that band yeah like that, like so again not to t- touch too much on pj20 because i think it's important to have a dive more born that but i love that document you call it a film uh from camera crow it's great his yeah the narrating is great too like something about his voice is 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 soothing to me too
0: i think a good summary is that the music that eddie does and the music that pearl jam does has always been for them they write the music they want to write they talk about the things they want to talk about they They have a lot of life substance that these guys had to go through at a very early age, especially with the passing of Andy Wood, dealing with all that and so much tragedy and strife very early on to have to kind of like navigate and negotiate their way through. Now, that also translates to the style of movies. Uh, silver screen, small screen that Eddie has chosen to be a part of. These are not summer blockbusters. No, no, this is not Independence Day. It's, this is not Men in Black. This is not Star Wars. This is not Indiana Jones. You know what I'm saying?
1: It's, it's, it's more Sundance than it is. Um... Totally,
0: totally. And so you've got movies that.
1: That's that's basically, right? yeah, that, that's his character, right? That's his character. He wants to uh, he wants to inflict some sort of emotion, and like you said, he's not about, in my opinion, being a part of a movie that wants to make a billion dollars. He wants, but right. he'd rather, he'd rather change a billion minds than make a billion dollars. Oh, and with that, I could not have said that better. Damn, dude, that was, i loving it. I'm loving the way you're putting that together.
0: Yeah, this was super fun. Uh, definitely uncovered. Uh, Some things I had never really experienced before with PJ and film. And but I am looking forward to kind of, you know, on spare time, kind of going back to some of these movies I haven't even seen or revisited in a long period of time to see how the music kind of adds to or is incorporated Mm -hmm. into the movie to just kind of see. If I get a different feeling from the song, if it if it makes gives me a new vision of what the song means, because, you know, we've heard release a million times. We've heard Long Road a million times. We've heard Given to Fly a million times. But when you put it to super emotional aspects, I just kind of, you know, I'm just curious to kind of see. If that's going
1: to change any of the songs for me a little bit, so I'm pretty stoked to kind of sounds good, that, man. So. Well, again, thank yeah, that was fun, and again, you didn't even catch my uh, I don't know, maybe you did when I said forty days and forty nights, that from my uh, from hard sun, man. So I, I know you do. I okay. know how you get it done, I, man. So hard sun society, my two favorites, and probably guaranteed not, yep. on that one, yeah,
0: guaranteed winner, just like you, Wessels, cool. Until next time we meet Great job this has been another episode Of Pearl Jam's Black Circle Keep spinning it everyone Stay safe out there